Hey everybody, this is Bunny Hearts, and you're listening to DJ Rome on Psychotic Bump School, the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul. Yes, we are back. KCWG, thetruth.com. My name is DJ Rome. This program's called Psychotic Bump School, and I am very excited to have this next guest. This little brother has uh, been playing phone tag with me for a minute, but uh, he's a very busy guy, and uh, he's a master of multiple instruments, y'all. And you know we got to have our real musicians on this show. Uh, he's picked up on the bass, the guitar, the piano, the drums. Uh, he's uh, 
performed his style right after the uh, the magic of Mr. Stanley Clark, the skill of Jocko Pastorius, the aggression of Larry Graham, and the funk of Bootsy Collins. So you know he'll fit right in, y'all. He goes by the name Dwayne Cousins, but I like to call him the Rugged. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome for the very first time to Psychotic Bump School, the good brother, the Rugged. How you doing, good what brother? What up, what up, what up, man? Totally honored, totally honored. Thank you for the invite, man. Yeah, man. Welcome to Psychotic Bump School. Now, I know you had a little mishap uh, a little while ago because we were trying to do this days ago. How you feeling today? Man, I'm feeling much better. Thanks, man. Uh, I mean, I had a little thing getting my essential on, I guess you could say. <laughs> that, man. Yeah, yeah, but that. you know, you got to do what you got to do, but uh, and, and no shame in it, but you know, yeah. You just you just got to make things happen, and and you know by his grace I'm good right now. I'm good. Absolutely. Well, yeah. you uh, I want to talk about your music because you have a nice little uh, package going on right now, and uh, you've been playing and active. So uh, yeah, I see you're from uh, Mississippi as well as California, right? How did all this get started for you? Well, you know when I I, I was born here in California, on you know I grew up in the west side of San Bernardino. And, uh, you know, I was pretty much a handful for mom. <laughs> and so, you know, me and my dad were close. My dad was a, a musician as well. He's a guitarist, he's a blues guitarist. He played with everybody, you know, ZZ Hill, Bobby Boozland, B.B. King. He played with a lot of, a lot of different big, big time blues stars, but he was also kind of a roughneck too. So <laughs> I looked up to him and, um, I got just really into trouble with, you know, running with the wrong crowd and all that. So when I was about 13, my mom shipped me to Mississippi to spend mm -hmm. time with, with family down there. So I had seven uncles. They all Baptist ministers. You know, that was during wow. the days where you either went to church or got a whooping. <laughs> so, all the way home, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's how that got started for me being in Mississippi. And when I got out there, my brother, who's a drummer, he finally started tolerating me enough to play in his band. So, you know, uh, I started doing my first shows when I was like 13 or 14 years old. Oh, there we go. There we go. Yeah, yeah. That's how it started, man. And, you that's know, I was, also, I was also rapping, too. So, you know, I used uh, to rap, play bass. It was a cool combo back then. So, you yeah. know, that's, that's how I got started. That's what's up. From the roughneck yeah. to the rugged, we see how yeah. it all came to be, <laughs> you know, on the real. Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Oh, so, yeah, man. You got your thing together, man. So when you first put your hands on that instrument that you got uh, the first time, um, how did you take to it so easily? Uh, transition yeah. from one to the other? Are you self-taught? Did you get formal instruction? How did that all happen for you? I had a little taste of everything. The first time I, I started playing bass, it was a trip because uh, my brother used to have different band members over. So when I was like 11, um, I used to watch the bass player. Really, I was more interested in basketball and keyboards because all the colors and buttons and stuff. <laughs> but I was watching the bass player one day. I just staring at him. So when he put his bass down and went to get something to eat in the kitchen, I just picked it up and started playing Slide by Slave. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, some real funk. So, and because he was playing it, I said, I could do that. You know what I mean? And did it. And wow. it was just weird. My mom was like, wow. <laughs> so mm -hmm. about like uh, about a few months later, she bought me my first bass and amp and told me that I was going to play bass. I was still really wasn't interested at the time, you know, but, uh, you know, it's it, it just something that was supposed to happen, I believe. Absolutely. Now, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, <laughs> Slide is a classic funk jam from the oh, 70s yeah. from a band oh, yeah. called Slave, Dayton, Ohio. Yep. 
Uh, the oh, yeah. player was, uh, what, Steve Washington? Well, he was the horn player and the fearless yeah. leader back then. But yeah. the bass player the, was Mark, Mark Adams. Mark, Mark Adams. Adams. There you go. Yeah. Mark Adams. Mark, Mark Hicks yeah. was Drac, right? Yeah. 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 Mark Adams. That's right. What a yeah. melodic bass line. What a great introduction to the instrument by playing such yeah. a melodically sonic experience like the yeah. kind of slide. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's one of the signatures of funk right there, you know? Isn't it, though? Isn't it though? Oh yeah. Oh so yeah. You're you're probably the second, third musician that I've brought on that said mm -hmm. they just took to it right away. It's like they had never done it before in real life, but when they pick up that instrument, all of a sudden things happen. Not everybody yeah. can do that. So yeah. how, where did you take your your interest from there? When you discovered that you could pick that up so easily and uh the 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 musicality of the instrument was instantly accessible to you, uh where next did you take it from there? Well, I think, honestly, I think music is, you know, a lot of people say it's a gift and all that, but I do believe it's like some DNA type stuff, really, you know, because my dad played guitar, my brother played drums, all, mostly all my uncles either sang or played instruments, you know, so um, on both sides of my family, my mom and my dad's side is filled with musicians, you know, there you go. Yeah. So, so I believe that's the way it was supposed to be, but as far as well, I took it from there when, like I said, when I moved to Mississippi, that's when I really got furious with it and started really just getting into it. And then you start seeing what you want to be. You know, my the thing that I saw that I wanted to be was Prince. <laughs> I saw that. Minus the mascara, you know. <laughs> but, right. And I didn't rock the tightness on the clothes. But, you know, it was, uh, but he was such a, a master. You know, you. Not only was he one of the greatest musicians, if not the greatest musician of all time, mm -hmm. but he was a rock star. He made it look like, wow, he was effortless with it and it made you want to be that. So if you that's were a musician, right. that's what you wanted to be. You wanted to be a pro musician making money, but you also wanted to be a rock star. And that's why I took it. I mean, everything he did, I was emulating, comp uh, trying to copy and all that stuff. And yeah, I, I really got into the performing part before, even before I got to the writing and producing, I got into the performing real tough. Wow, how about yeah. that? Mm -hmm. Well, that the the earliest introduction that I can recall to that, uh, he mm -hmm. came on the scene in about '78, and yeah. the band at that time was comprised of a bass player that you know well, I'm sure, by the name of Andre Simone. And oh yeah, so, oh yeah. You know oh, yeah. that cat was laying down some grooves from sexy. Oh, that was a bad boy. That was a bad, bad boy. Sexy yeah. dancer, uh, yeah. why you want to treat me so bad? I mean, yeah. all that stuff was just crazy. So you were picking oh, yeah. up all that stuff right there, huh? Oh yeah, yeah, I was picking up all that. You know, it was, well, Andre Simone was the truth. Then after him was Brown Mark. My God, Indeed. that dude. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got to talk to you about Brown Mark because you re recently did a little something, something with him, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, we, uh, yeah, my, the name of my band is Official Biz. And we did like a, a live um, online jam with him. And we covered uh, America. It was uh, me, my production partner, Bunny Hearts, the drummer from my band, uh, C3, and um, Rob Bacon, who is super awesome. Oh, yes, yes. That, that dude is the truth. And, uh, and, and this cat named Wizard Jones, he played with a lot of, a lot of big names too on keys. So yeah, we, we put together something and technology made us come together. We was in like, you know, three different states. <laughs> wow. And we made it happen, man. So yeah, Brown Mark is the truth on bass. And it's a trip for somebody like that to ask you, man, can you play bass on this 
online jam. I was like, me play with yeah. you. <laughs> well, okay. Well, I don't know if I made it clear enough, but let me do yeah. it right now. Tell us who Brown Mark is. Brown Mark was the second bassist for Prince in the revolution. Actually, he came along, I believe, uh, Controversy. I think that's when he came along Contro okay. with the Controversy album. And he was, he was with them all through the Purple Era, all the way to, I believe, uh, Parade. That's right. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That yeah. was so, a very, very fertile and creative period for Prince. Yeah, yeah, Mark, yeah. Uh, essential part of the revolution. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a signature. Absolutely. So you were honored to have been selected by him. How did that happen? Yeah. How did you even get in on his radar? Yeah, uh, it, that whole thing came to be is like, it's, we, uh, me and my partner, uh, Bunny Hart, you know, she's the keyboardist in the band. We, uh, we we produced and, and released a single on her entitled Your Time. And um, he heard it. It was a trip because um, in public forum, he went to my Facebook page and he was like, hey, man, hit me up. And I was like, wait a minute, what? Wow. <laughs> you know, what? Like, Brown Marcus hit me up in public. Like, hey, man, hit me up. Hit me in my inbox. And I'm tripping, you know? Wow. So instead of hitting him up right away, my... You know, what I did, I hit Bunny up. I was like, hey, Bunny, you know who Brown Mark is? She was like, I think so. I said, he played bass with Prince. And she was like, yeah. She, I, he said, hit him up. You want me to talk to him? She said, wait a minute. What's his name again? I said, Brown Mark. She said, he just hit my inbox. <laughs> I was like, oh, snap. Wow. So what he ended up wanting was, uh, and this was uh, earlier last year. Mm -hmm. Earlier last year. What he wanted was us to produce him. Yeah, he was oh. looking for new music. Yeah, he wanted us to produce him. He was putting, he was reviving uh, Maserati at the time. Oh wow! And, uh, okay. He wanted us to produce him, and I was like, "Wow, that's crazy!" You know. Very so, crazy. Uh, then, so we did a few tracks and stuff that he's gonna be using. They're gonna be come out soon. And uh, we recently, you know, a couple months ago, he just released the song called "Stressing Me Out" off the Bad Boys of Paisley uh, EP, and we re mm. re remixed it. And it's out now. It's available now. It's called Stress Me Out Remix. And mm. um, so we did that. So ever since then, the friendship just took off. Pretty mama, I met you on the book or the gram, I can't remember Maybe it was Snapchat or something, or maybe Tinder I just know that it was way back in December But anyway, baby, it just occurred to me That we've been texting for a minute I mean a good while, baby So maybe we can hook up and see what's up with it And we can have a lunch date, baby We can meet up somewhere and eat up And we can have a conversation Talk about some things that stimulate the brain And I can be the newness that you need If you spend some time with me We can set up a time, a place, meet face to face And see what we could be Pretty mama, 
you're looking good and it's really nice to finally meet ya If I appear to be nervous, it's only because you are way more beautiful than your pictures And I've been waiting for a while to hear the voices deep and smile They go so well together, you may as well make a day of it So what you wanna do, cause I'm cool with whatever And we can go to dinner, babe We can hit the club and we can turn up Sip a little something, girl KCWG, the truth.com's program is called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome. We just chopping it up with uh, my man, Mr. Cousins, Dwayne Cousins, y'all, the rugged. He's yeah. breaking down his music and career, his, uh, his time with uh, the camp, uh, the, the Prince camp. And we just yeah. chopped it up, y'all, just chopping it up. Yeah, that's so, right. That's uh, right. Quick, quick aside, uh, you and I have a mutual friend by the name of Derek. Good oh, brother. yeah, that's my Derek guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, that's my guy, too. Uh, yeah. Way back when. To childhood high school we had a friend named Juan we would just go and do Prince songs and imitate yeah. grooves all the time pick up the guitar and do what we could with it and it, it was just a straight-up love fest man and so yeah, something yeah about that era where we were all discovering how much we could make music back then and yeah to yeah. the best of our ability anyway duplicate the sounds that these amazingly talented artists and musicians were oh making. yeah so oh, yeah you were in a jam session, and I and I, I keep harboring on this because I. Mm -hmm. And in a second, I'm going to get to your music too. Oh but, yeah, yeah, take your time. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I, you were in this jam session with Brown Mark, and uh, I wanted to ask you a question about that in terms yeah. of the, the historical significance of it and what it's going to mean, you know, as we continue to go through this pandemic and this shelter yeah. in place. And so uh, in the context of that, in the spirit of that, can you talk to me about what that experience was like sonically, visually, timing-wise? How did y'all pull that off? Yeah, that that was the crazy part about it because we were all supposed to do it live stream, you know, from our homes, you know, because he's in Atlanta. I think Wizard was in Atlanta. I'm not sure what Rob was, but me and Bunny and Chuck were all in the Inland Empire in Southern Cal. So it was supposed to all live stream, but we just couldn't get it to work right. The audio was fine, right? It was, but it was such a Yeah, yeah, it was a cool audio, but the latency on the video, we, it would have looked like so weird if we would have shot it like that. Oh, okay. So, uh, so, but it was still live. We were all playing at the same time. It was, it was cool. But, you know, we could still see each other on our video screen. We just mm -hmm. couldn't stream it out to the world like we wanted to. Right. And, um, like, it was just, it was nerve-rattling. <laughs> because, wow, really? I mean, because I'm sitting there like, I'm playing like backup bass for a legend. You might as well say, you know, you, I'm, right. I'm there because he asked me to be, not because he needed a bass player, because he's the man on bass, you know? Totally. Yeah, so, you know, we doing a jam session. He's like, Ruggie, give me a solo. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I saw that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I was just like, You took okay, that solo, man. though, bro. You took Thanks, that solo. Man. You took it like Thanks. you weren't scared at all, man. So <laughs> how long were you scared, though? Because I, I, I can understand going into it before you get started, and you're like, man, right, right, a whole right, lot of people right, are going right. to be watching this. And although yeah. you're not on camera, right, they're right. hearing me. They're hearing me yeah. if I'm on point, yeah. I'm I, if the string's popping right. Yeah. Uh, how, yeah. Long, how long did it take for you to get comfortable? Uh, I don't think I ever did. I think it was one of those things like, <laughs> you, never you know, it's, it's, it's just going down. You know, sometimes it's like that. If if you like get into a street fight, hey, it's just going down. It's going you down. Know what I mean? That's right. Yeah, there it is. You know, that's right. and that's what it was. You know, it's, it's just going down. We're we going to party. And that's uh -huh. what it is to me. It's a party. And um, yeah, you're nervous because you're playing with, with an icon. But wow. at the same time, it's like, you know, I'm me still. I'm still a rugged, you know what I'm saying? That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, and, and I was really, that was an honor, man. You know, that was some crazy stuff. Like, you know what's funny? Uh, real quick, yeah. um, the whole thing with this whole Prince Purple Family type thing, you know, yeah. th those are people that influenced me and influenced Bunny and my whole camp. And, mm -hmm. like, I I'm going to tell you a quick story of something that happened. Yeah. Uh, back in 2012, like, anybody who really knows me, those I'm a huge Jesse Johnson fan. Huge, right? That's right, that's right. Yeah, huge. And so uh, we was playing this club called Rapport in Rancho Cucamonga. So we playing, there's a first night there, and he walks through the door. Mm. And I'm, man, I freeze up like a popsicle, man. I'm looking like, wow, you know, that's actually him. I mm. run off stage after the set, hey, Mr. Johnson, I'm a huge fan and blah, blah, blah. He's laughing. He's like, don't call me that, you know? <laughs> so oh, wow. long story short with that, you know, that was like 2012. And um, after that, we got the jam on stage together. And that that really did it for me then. I mean, I was like, you can take me away now. So I got the jam with one of my idols, you know? Exactly. And um, so after the, after the little jam session, he gave me his home number. I was okay. like, wow, cool. So, well, sell. So, uh -huh. Uh -huh. so fast, fast forward to 
2019, I hadn't talked to him. Lucky I kept the same phone number. Mm-hmm. And he and he calls. Wow. Like like I said, I hadn't talked to him. A couple of texts here and there, happy birthday, because we are we share the same birth month or whatever. And yeah. you know, he, he did the celebrity thing. Oh, thanks. You know? Mm-hmm. So next thing you know, I get a call. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh wow. And so he's asked me, you know, hey, what's going on with you, man? How you been? Like, like we've been talking all this time. <laughs> so I'm yeah. sitting there like, okay, you know. So right. then he asked me if I knew a keyboard player, and I told him, yeah, I knew Bunny. Long story short, he ends up going to Japan with him. Wow. And doing some shows over there, you know. So we both, me and her both got, you know, some purple performance history. <laughs> wow. You know, so it was kind of cool, you know, that she got to go rock with him and do the thing over there. I jammed with him once on stage, and I got to go to rehearsal and watch that dude. He's a master. Yeah, he's, he's a master. Watch Man. that dude play. What yeah. song were you able to jam with him on? Which which one of his songs? Oh, that's the funny part. Now, um, first I was playing bass on stage, and we did uh, "Be Your Man." Remember that? Ah. First thing. Oh yeah. Then, yeah, we did "Be Your Man," and then he wanted to do. Uh, we did "Jungle Love," right? Yes. So as I was playing, this is the weird part. As I was playing, somebody taps me on the shoulder. Hey man, can I play your bass? At that moment, I'm like, heck no, nah, you like I don't punch you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, but I turn around and look, it's Raphael Sadiq asking if he can play bass. Ah. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, sure, you know? <laughs> sure, yeah, come right in. It's like, yeah, come right in. So I run and I never jump. ask, actually. <laughs> exactly, thank you. So I run and I jump on keys. Okay. So, Okay. But everybody's laughing because we did all Jesse's music and I knew all the keyboard parts to all his music. Oh, I was like, man, I'm ready. No matter what instrument you put me on, okay. I'm ready. That's and it tight. was cool. And yeah. it was a cool night. It was a cool night because That's it was a very cool night. Yeah, man. It was me, Raphael. Oh, Bobby Rossavilla. Yeah, it was he. Oh, was that's a talented cat right there. The yeah, yeah, brother. that dude is. Yeah, the Abilene, both of them. Him and Izzy was jamming that night. Yeah, and and Jesse Johnson and me. So you can imagine how I'm feeling. You know, you so must have been was, lit, man. I mean, Rafael Sadiq yeah. is a Bay Area legend. Yes, I mean, he can. He can just do it. And yes. you, you learned all those parts because I, you know, I, I I pointed out the beginning. You're you're a multi instrumentalist, so that's bass, yeah. guitar and key so yeah play jungle love be your man and then yeah. sadiq comes out taps you on the shoulder let me tap out yeah tap out yeah <laughs> it's like a tag, tag team wrestling in. match yeah tag yeah, me tap in, in. <laughs> tap me in. You know and so and then you jump on keys so yeah what, you, what song are you jam do you remember what, what you were jamming on keys with oh what heck yeah with? uh it was uh cool yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that was crazy. It was cool. I remember that. And then they, it was just like some freestyle punk after that. Oh, yeah. yeah it, was, it was cool. It was, it, was, it was dope, man. I was like, oh, wow. That's fabulous because yeah, I have yeah. seen, let's see, how many times have I seen Jesse Johnson? Okay, so back in the day, of course, it was Jesse Johnson's review. Yeah. So when they came out, I did see that initial tour. Yeah. And they opened for, believe it or not, I think he was uh, opening for the Jets or New Edition or something. Yeah. But I mean, that's understandable because New Edition was hot back then. And Jesse was just, you know, coming out of the time, doing his own thing. Yeah. Finished making Purple Rain. So Jesse was actually in Purple Rain. So yeah, when Mm -hmm. that whole thing ran its course, uh, he moved on, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was opening for them. And then I had a second chance to see him. He was on the bill to open for Cameo. 
And mm. it's funny because I know right now, I mean, I never met the brother. You know, I don't know him at all. Right. I right. know he and uh, Tommy Jenkins from Cameo. They're they're pretty tight now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they, he was about to open for Cameo. And for some reason, man, um, he he dropped off that bill. I had I had a date that night. It was at the Santa Monica Civic Auditorium. Is that oh, place my. Still Is that place still around? I, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't I, think so. I haven't heard that name for yeah. a while. But yeah, me neither. Yeah, it was there, and I was like, oh, no. And replacing, <laughs> replacing Jesse Johnson's review was full force. Now, oh, wow. I, 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 ain't, I don't have any beef with Bowlegged Lou in them. <laughs> they, put, they put on a decent show. Right, right, right. I wanted to see some acts, you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. Jesse plays that axe. And yeah. When he gets into this blues thing and he breaks down into some red house with Hendrix. Oh yeah. He just oh, does yeah. his own stuff. He might oh, yeah. play an extended solo of I Want My Girl. And oh yeah. He could just play until forever. And of course, you know, he's he's played with D'Angelo most recently. So yeah. Yeah. I can yeah. only imagine how that must have been for you, my brother. Oh my goodness. It was crazy, man. It was. It was wow. real crazy. But wow. I tell you, the ultimate thrill is when Bunny played with him and I got to go to the rehearsal. And um, yeah, to watch him up close, you know, the, do his thing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, he, on guitar, he's able to play multiple parts of a song. You know, it's, it's just yes. amazing. Yeah, you know, it, um, and he, everybody's always like, did Prince teach him? No, no this dude is no. the truth on his own. Yeah, Rock Island. I just spoke oh, to yeah. a gentleman, uh, Aaron Cohen out of Chicago. So just right, out of right. Illinois, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah, he 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 has his own flavor, man. And so yeah. you're absolutely right. When you see him perform and that brief time when he was um going out with uh the original seven, they never did yeah. tour. It was so I was oh, man, I was disappointing. But yeah. I don't yeah. think they ever toured, but those times when the time would would reunite, you know, everybody else would leave and he would just do his set for a little yeah. while. But it would just be him and his guitar. Yeah. He would, he yeah. would play all the like you said, he could play all the parts of the song and sing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. The brother is super talented. But yes, uh, WGTheTruth.com's program is called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome. Man, I'm having a blast talking to you, man. This is the rugged, <laughs> Thanks, ladies and gentlemen. This is the rugged <laughs> bass player extraordinaire, multi instrumentalist. Uh, he's got some. Great I'm right. <laughs> yeah, he right, right. But yeah, you, right. <laughs> you're doing your thing, man. You're a humble cat, man. That's that's Thanks, why you're man. gonna go real far, man. But. Thanks, man. Uh, like I said, we are going to talk about your music, but I do want to press down on another thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Take your time. A lot of time. Yeah, man, we're spending a lot of time talking about uh, Minneapolis, so there's a couple right. of things I did want to ask you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they just did a recent tribute, and uh, we talked to uh, my good brother, uh, Mr. Philip Mbuido, about yeah. that, and uh, there was a recent tribute, a Grammys tribute, that they actually shot back in January, and speaking of Brown Mark, Brown Mark was on the stage for that tribute that just aired last week. Uh, when I say last week, by the time you hear this, ladies and gentlemen, last week won't mean anything because it's uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, this is, um, what were your thoughts on the the, the tribute? Because given the, the the stature that, that Prince has, the, the specter of his talent is still with us right now. Such a degree right. that anybody doing his songs, that's a very, very high bar to reach. Did yeah. You have, did you have a chance to catch some of that? And if you did, what were your thoughts on it? I watched it. <laughs> and um, it was funny. I, I, me and Brown Mark were talking about it. 
And um, I said, you gonna watch? He's like, nah. <laughs> so, you know, he, you know, he was there. So I guess he really didn't have to watch it. But, you know, I, I watched it. And it was very respectful. I mean, to give props to perhaps the greatest musician of all time, you know, is always a good thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't like knocking anybody or whatever. That's not my thing. Right. But I think they should let the revolution do their thing. Mm-hmm. You ask me, because yeah. the, all the songs that were played were revolution songs, basically. You know, I would have liked to see more of the revolution do its thing. You know, Absolutely. And, yeah. I mean, even though artists like Gary Clark Jr. and and her, they man, she's amazing. Her is oh, something man. else. Yeah, she is. yeah, she, she is. is. But you know, like I said, I would have loved to see more of uh, the revolution. But other than that, it was pretty pretty cool show. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the sentiment I'm getting from the people that watched it and who were true fans of the music mm-hmm. and the movement. Uh-huh. And then, unfortunately, I'm going to ask you this, too, because uh, even like uh, maybe a year or so ago now, mm-hmm. uh, the Warrell uh, family was at odds with the George Clinton, you know, P-Funk. Yeah. Uh, they, they were having another uh, royalty dispute uh, after the passing of the great uh, Bernie Warrell. He passed away several years ago. Yeah. Last year, this mm-hmm. lawsuit came up again. And yeah. I was like, man, you don't want to see your, your, your heroes battling, you know? No, you don't. You don't. And then you recently, right before this came out and uh, before Sheila E. dropped her song Lemon Cake, there was this thing yeah. with Apollonia and she. And, oh, yeah. Oh, man, I just, it, it hurts. It's like, I'll, I'll never know the inside scoop. I don't even want to know all of that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Did, you have, an, did yeah. you have an opinion either way on all of that? Well, you know, when you know some of it, <laughs> I'll say right. that, right. you know, of course you're going to have an opinion, but I feel the same way. You know, you never want to see your favorite bands or artists or, you know, camps like break up or diss each other or anything like that. You don't want to see all that because you enjoy what they gave us, you know? That's right. So That's I, right. I I tend to try to block a lot of that out. Even when I hear it, I'm like, okay, well, you yeah. know, well, at least we have the because music is people's memories. I mean, you associate, you know, certain things that happen to you in life with certain songs. Sure do. I know I do. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. So when you meet these people and they're ah, oh, this person is such and such and so and so, you like, oh, I don't want to hear all that. <laughs> exactly. I just want to enjoy what y'all gave us. You know, I mean, and I get it. I get it. They're only human too. You right. know. But yeah. even when you see some of the blatant disrespect, you're like, come on, you know, yeah. do we got to do that? You know, just right. let's just enjoy what it is. But, exactly. you know, my, my opinion on it is really none. It's just I, I just try to avoid even dealing with that. And I just uh, try to enjoy the memory of it. Heard that. Heard yeah. that. All of them are great in their own right. And yes. uh, we all miss Prince. So uh, may he continue to rest in power. Uh, you have yep. your uh, company called Official Biz Music, and you've yes. been playing some stuff with your bandmate, uh, Bunny Hart, and uh, mm-hmm. you got some great stuff going on over there. So uh, what can you tell us about this uh, latest project you dropped? And uh, you had a couple of songs that you've been putting out f- uh, for us, yeah. and we're definitely going to yeah. drop some of that. So uh, what can you tell us about this latest project of yours? Well, the project that we dropped recently, like last, last year, like in July, we dropped the first official biz, the actual band, the official biz uh, EP called Independence. 
and it's doing really well. Each one of us, it was uh, me, Bunny, and uh, uh, a good friend, um, Doc Frank, Rodney Thomas. Rodney Thomas, he's he's done a lot of work with like Charlie Wilson. He he wrote uh he co-wrote and produced uh, My Favorite Part of You by Charlie Wilson and okay. Sugar Honey Iced Tea. You know, a couple of years ago. Oh, so. for Khalees? For for uh, uh Charlie Wilson. Oh, yeah, I didn't know because yeah. I, I know Khalees did a song called Sugar Honey Iced Tea, but yeah, oh, too, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow, yeah, he got one. Yeah, so. So you know, we 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 all three of us got together and we uh did a, a the official biz uh, uh official biz release called Independence. Y'all can check it out. It's everywhere. You know, everywhere. Just look it up. It's everywhere. Absolutely. And um, so we did that, and it, it's doing still doing well. We dropped it July fourth last year, and we're gonna drop another one, a full mm -hmm. band CD uh, uh EP or whatever they call them nowadays. We're mm -hmm. gonna drop another one in July. Uh, then uh recently, uh actually in a couple days, Bunny's new single. Baby Yo Damn is coming out in, okay. a, in a couple days. Yeah, in a couple days it's coming out. And, and then the album after that, her full album is coming out at the end of the month. Oh, y'all are so, doing the thing for sure. Yeah, we're trying to do things. And then I um, dropped a single last year called Hang With Me. Mm -hmm. And um, that's doing pretty well. Then I had a single on the official biz project called uh, Can't Be Mad. So those yes. two things are, are out right now. Absolutely. Um, and then I'm dropping a new complete full album in June. Oh, we can't yeah. wait for that. Tell us yeah. about the uh the breakdown. Are you playing multiple instruments on these two songs? Hang uh what is it? I'm not mad at you and uh hang with me. I can't be mad at you and yeah. hang with me. Uh, what's what's yeah, the breakdown yeah. of the instrumentation on those? Well, on Hang With Me, that was co-produced by my friend uh Touchtone, DJ Touchtone. He's a mm. he's a really dope uh West Coast producer man he's done a lot of work with like uh you know uh, he was on a flip mode album actually he produced uh, a lot of stuff Busta. flip mode yeah he's done some stuff he did stuff with the late great roger troutman yes uh yeah yeah so he's done some stuff so he and i produced that cut together it's called hang with me and then on uh can't be mad that's me and bunny bunny played uh all the keys on that Mm. All the keys and a good friend of mine, Justin Snowden, he played drums and I played the bass and, and the vocals. Yeah. Okay, that's what I wanted to ask you next. Tell us about the vocals because it's uh, I'm assuming that's that's you on the lead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vocal, that's all right. right? <laughs> okay, yeah. but but also I mean yeah, duh. But <laughs> you're doing backgrounds too, though, right? Yeah. Well, me on on um can't be mad. That's me, Bunny, and a, a good friend of mine named DJ. He's a really talented uh, vocal arranger and songwriter. So mm -hmm. we, we did all the background vocals together on that. Uh, and then on Hang With Me, that's all me on that's the background and stuff. Yeah, that's all that's me. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Yeah. So we've been talking a lot about just musicianship and just playing the bass and guitar mm -hmm. and whatnot. But yeah. how do you approach vocals when, you, when you're harmonizing with yourself and you mm -hmm. are doing one part and then you double back and do another part to go with it? Right. Um, I always think of, I mean, you, you, you got Prince blood in you, brother. So <laughs> I, I always think about that intro to seven from the, uh, yeah. the Diamonds and Pearl. I mean, that oh, yeah. vocal Classic. layout that he put in there. Yeah. Oh, man, so beautiful. so uh, how would you describe your approach to uh, recording vocals? Well, with me, I, since I really don't consider myself a serious vocalist, I'm one of those musicians that can sing on key <laughs> and you know i you know i'm like bowling with the bumpers on the on the gutter <laughs> so i can stay in my lane you know what i mean i, I do that that's classic i love yeah. it yeah 
Yeah, man. Wow. And, and so, but what I do when I have to lay most of the vocals myself, I try impersonating singers. Okay. I think um, it gives it character because just for me to just lay them flat, straight mm -hmm. as me, it just sounds like a bunch of me. And mm. if I had my way, I would always bring in background singers. That okay. way, the, the song has flavor, you know? Yes. So that's why, like in Can't Be Mad, that's me, Bunny, and DJ. You know, it's, it's flavor. Uh -oh. But when you have to do it by yourself, that's why I'll sit there and impersonate like a Michael Jackson or somebody, you know, get raspy with the voice or didn't sing right. very white or whatever. I do a lot of like stylizing and, and you know, impersonations just wow. to give it character. So, you know. That's and, and, and that, yeah, that, I do that because, you know, it gives it a, a left turn in the song instead of just hearing my voice from start right. to finish. You, you know, I tweak a few things and try to make it sound like something different. Absolutely. It's, it yeah. sounds like it's kind of like acting in, in yeah. the studio. You, you, yeah. You're playing a part because I remember because you, you say you play with Rob Bacon and I yeah. that's another cat I want to meet. I, I haven't met the brother, but I've heard his music. Right. And I know he played with P-Funk and yeah. George Clinton famously said years ago when he was talking to Gary Scheider about mm -hmm. uh, how do we, how do you approach this song right here? We got this song called Cosmic Slop, right? Oh, yeah. So he told Gary, hey, just act like you're Curtis Mayfield. And mm. he went in there and killed it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Gary, yeah. And he sang it like Curtis. But Gary, oh, man, that, that brother was such a stellar uh, talent in P-Funk. Oh, yeah. And, um, oh, yeah. It, it, oh, yeah. It's very informative and educational to hear you say that's how you approach vocals i never heard anybody say that before yeah, yeah. It, it makes sense because yeah. when you are a musician <laughs> who can sing on key <laughs> yeah you really do have to stay in your lane i love your metaphor a minute ago with <laughs> and gutters and staying in yeah. lane. i see what you did there man i see what you did there that was sick you must be yeah, a writer man. or something you write songs right <laughs> well you know back in the day like i said i used to rap so you know and ah yeah i'm telling you that and you know what's funny about that you know quick backstory on that it's like yeah. when i was like i think i was 15 no 16 i was 16 mm. and um my friend said, hey, man, let's go see this movie, man. It's got Run DMC in it, LL Cool J, blah, blah, blah. Well, LL Cool J wasn't even known at the time. But mm. I went and saw Crush Groove. I just wanted to see it because Sheila E was in it. Yep. So, you know, so we went and saw it. So it was that one scene. You've seen the movie, right? Honestly, only saw the Holly, I saw Holly Rock video. That's about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Now, in the movie, <laughs> okay. in the movie, they have an auditions for new acts, right? Okay. And so, you know, LL walks in the room and he has, you know, E Love with him, whatever. And mm. the dude's like, rehearsal's over. He said, oh, auditions are closed. And then LL like looked at him, like me, mugged him, whatever. And he said, Fox. Dude hit the box and my radio came on. <laughs> Changed my life. Do you hear me? Because oh, uh I was like on some. I hate rap. It's stupid. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh, uh -huh. When I saw LL Cool J do his thing, man, I was working full time at Popeye's Chicken at the time. Okay. When I say I spent my chicken check on light blue Pumas and a whole lot of gold and a I'm big boombox radio <laughs> and a Kango. <laughs> Didn't tell you nothing. 
<laughs> nothing. I went to wow. school serving people. <laughs> wow. I was going to battle anybody. <laughs> right? That was Radio Raheem before he had a radio. You know? Exactly. That's and what's up. That's what's my up. back was hurting from carrying my boombox around. I put all my check <laughs> on that boombox. It had two cassette players in it, an eight track. Wow. <laughs> it was big, man. Ooh. But yeah, man, man. So, you know, that, that I was really influenced by you know, that as far as the writing. I'm talking about like far as approaching songwriting and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, lyrically, you have to be clever. Absolutely. And, and keep people interested in what you're talking about. I try not to just talk about boy-girl stuff or, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. You know, I try to write about stuff like it's conversation. You okay. know, I, I want to mm. be able to relate to you. I want to be able to talk to you and converse with you in mm. a way to where you get me. You know what I'm saying? That's I mean, right. I, I know this is a name that I guess people are still kind of mad at, but one of the, my favorite songwriters is R. Kelly. Okay. And yeah, and the reason so is because his stuff was like that. It was like conversation. He was singing about stuff mm. that, you know, we could sit down and chop it up about. Right. You know what I'm saying? That, right. So that's the kind of approach I have towards songwriting, you know, is Absolutely. I want to be able to just say, this is what I'm talking about and you get me. Mm. I don't want to, you know, sing about the sun, moon, and stars when I'm really just trying to tell you what a liquor store at. You know what I'm saying? That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, that's well, how I approach it. Well, it, you, you've learned your lessons well, man, because from oh, R. Yeah. Kelly to Jesse Johnson to Sadiq, yeah. all these people yeah. that you've been around, Brown Mark included, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. and Rob, I mean, you, yeah. you've been able to pick up a lot of things as well as influence them on the way. Yeah. So oh, yeah. uh, you, you're an amazing cat, man. Uh, I can't thank you man. enough for joining us. Good brother, official thank biz you. music is thank where you. we can find you. Uh, good mm-hmm. luck with this uh, project you got coming up. What's the best way for people to keep in touch with you and to follow your work, good brother? Man, I'm everywhere. I'm social media hoeing right now. <laughs> so, you know, yes. with this whole thing that's going on, you know, with the COVID, I want everybody to stay safe. And one thing I want to say to people real quick is the panic is worse than the pandemic. You know, you got to stay safe first. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what I want to reiterate. The panic is worse than the pandemic. You know, mm-hmm. stay safe. Play by the rules. Don't trip. It's going to be fine. But um, far as uh, where, where we at, like everywhere, Facebook, IG, YouTube, everywhere. That's where Official Biz is. That's where Bunny Hearts is. That's where The Rugged is. You find us all everywhere. Just look us up. Google me, baby. <laughs> hey, everybody. This is Bunny Hearts, and you're listening to Psychotic Bump School with your host, DJ Rome, on KCWGTheTruth.com, the best internet radio station on the planet. Yes, we are back. KCWG, the truth.com. The name of this program is Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome, and I am very, very excited to have this next guest. Now, y'all were here for the last ride last week. We had uh, her bandmate on last week. Uh, he goes by the name of The Rugged, and we had a really, really good time talking with him. But uh, he has this incredible bandmate, and she's here this time. So she's an amazing keyboard player, singer, songwriter. She does it all herself, and she has a whole multitude of talents that I don't even know if we're going to have time to get to during the course of this one conversation. But we're here to talk some music, and I am so excited that she's here. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome for the very first time to Psychotic Bump School, keyboardist, singer, songwriter, Miss Bunny Hearts. Bunny, are you there? Yes. 
Thank you for having me. It's oh, really an honor to be here. Oh, we are so overjoyed to have you here. You have been all up in the purple <laughs> realm of the spirit of this show for sure. So you fit right in. I mean, this this is what we do and how we do. And you represent why we do the show. So oh, nice. my God, you you are somebody we definitely want to talk to. So take us back if you can, when you were first exposed to keyboards, what was your first experience like when you first touched hand to keyboard? What was that experience like for you? Oh, you know, it's a long story, but uh -huh. I'll give you the short uh, version of it. And because it starts, it started when I was five years old, uh -huh. and um, piano lessons, of course. And mm. I and I think my mother uh, was living her dream through me to be a concert pianist or something. So Ooh. you know, most most people start <laughs> piano lessons probably like you know in their you know, 10, 11 or whatever, but I started at five years yeah. old, barely in school. That's pretty young. I was pretty young, yeah. Right. So um, classical training with a, uh, with a classical pianist herself, a professor. Um, and wow. so she at five years me. old? Yeah, <laughs> at five years old. So I remember being like seven or eight years old, being woken up in the middle of the night by my parents. Wake up, wake up. So I want you to play Chopin. I'm like, what? Why? Why? And so, wow. <laughs> come to find out, their friends are up and they're having a party, and they want they wanted to show off their seven year old daughter playing mm. Chopin or or Mozart or something. So I hated wow. my mom for it. You know, oh, like hate yeah. is a strong word, but um, you don't really appreciate that until later in life. That these those is it's a gift a rare gift that when you have parents who really truly want you to be great and um and yeah. saw potential and i just you know just they just had me in that i was going to be a classical concert pianist <laughs> by hook or by yeah foot, right? yeah, yeah exactly. did you take to it naturally though i mean how easy did the the music of mozart and chopin come to you was that an easy thing for you to pick up yeah, I think I had a natural dexterity for it and the retention, you know, like I said, at like age um, seven and eight, I was already playing Mozart. I was playing um, advanced, uh, advanced grade uh, difficulty. Um, I was entering competitions and winning them at age 12, at age, at around that age, even before I was a teenager, I was already the, uh, uh, you know, the choir pianist or something like that. Oh, wow. uh, the, uh, pianist for the church, so church, a lot of church, mm. a lot of um, uh, choir accompaniment. So um, mm. while well, everybody else was either you know adults or teens, I was like the the little teeny preteen <laughs> accompanying the whole right. choir. Um, yeah. You know, I've heard from uh, other musicians who've been on the show that gospel or church musicians don't get enough credit because yeah. I'm told that some of the dopest musicians you'll ever want to see are playing in church on Sunday. I mean, we're not obviously gathering for church right yes. now, but you can develop some serious playing chops yeah. playing in church. Uh, how rich was that experience for you to, to play in church every weekend? Oh, well, it definitely, you know, there's two different types of uh, church musician. You have the gospel musicians, you know, of course, who are very, well into the classic gospel or modern gospel. I have a lot of friends like that. They're super dope. 
super dope. And you know, as you know, a lot of our R&B music and hip hop and uh, a lot of the modern uh, sounds and harmonies came from gospel. And so um, if you think about Ray Charles and he was always talking about, he, he just basically changed the lyrics to a lot of the gospel songs that they, you know, oh, yeah. that, that he was writing. So like gospel musicians, definitely dope. But I came from the, um, from the school of uh, fundamentalist church mm. uh, musicians where um, you had to be able to uh, sight read. So sight read, reading um, everything from the hymnals to music uh, from concertos to whatever it is uh, if they want you to accompany a symphony. Um, I was very, very well versed in, in, in sight reading at a very young age so that if somebody wanted to sing something or um, uh, wanted to, you know, for a choir or a, some kind of cantata, you know, here, play this. So yeah. that was, that's that type of musicianship that I was exposed to. That's intense because <laughs> once upon a time I played guitar and I actually took lessons and I was studying some classical uh, composers. Yeah. Uh, in the world of guitar, uh, there's this composer named Franz Liszt. L -I oh yeah, yeah. So the thing with that dude, I, I mean, his chord structures, you had to really stretch because he yeah. loved to layer notes in a way that really tested the very, uh, I'll use your word, dexterity of your, your grip on, on the frets yeah. because the chords were so spread out. So it's crazy. So Chopin, Mozart, yes. Uh, yes. gospel, you've had yeah. a lot of musical influence coming up. I mean, a lot of things that are considered sort of traditional Exactly. Uh, resources to get you ready for your playing, you know, in, in, in real time. I mean, I, for the lack of a better term, when did you start to incorporate all of that into playing in bands? You were directing the church choir from the piano. So how soon after that did you start playing in bands? Uh, well, um, through high school and um, I was also the, the pianist for the, the uh, high school uh, choir and mm. then went to college and just basically pursued a career you know like even though my parents were really heavily into like making sure that the music was there you know by the way I, they also pushed me through um, guitar lessons and classic music mm. theory and so like with all that going on I had to finish college it just was a must it's like in our family so um, oh, wow. if you didn't do it so that was the goal. As soon as I, uh, you know, finished um, high school, straight to college, finished a degree, and um, you know, it just kind of life just kind of took a turn into that, and you know, living and stuff, and the music stuff just wasn't important anymore. And it didn't come about until I, you know, fast forward. Like I said, show a long story short. Uh -huh. I met I met the rugged, and I and that, mm -hmm. I met the rugged at a, a with this wonderful dive lounge in Rialto called, um, it used to be called uh, the, the Alley Cat Jazz Club. Now it's mm -hmm. called Raquel's. Okay. I met him there and um, he's, and I needed, a, I needed a bass player for a band that I was trying to put together. Mm -hmm. And so he came to my house and for the rehearsal and then, because I, uh, I was the lead singer. I wasn't playing keys, I had a keyboard player. And so I was 
trying to show the keyboard player, you know, he, he didn't know the chord structure to the song that we were doing. I said, no, it's like this. It's going to go like this, like this. Mm-hmm. And so I got back into the mic so that, you know, we could rehearse. And so he was like subbing for uh, a bass player. And then he told me later on that that's when he said, aha, she's a mm-hmm. keyboard player. <laughs> Operation oh, okay. Steel Bunny from this band. So uh, fast forward, I became a keyboardist for Official Biz, the band, and that was 10 years ago, and and I was baptized in the funk, so to speak, and I learned a lot from all the musicians that came through, you know, because my style of playing was very classical, very jazzy, very um, R&B-ish, smooth, and so I had to be exposed to a lot of these really super dope musicians that came through that were super funky, and I just absorbed everything from everybody. Wow. Um, everybody that came through, because um, you know the rugged likes to have two keyboardists a lot of times, and um, mm. also a lot of the times uh, there's two keyboardists in the band. Is official biz is known. This band is known for a full funk sound. Wow. And 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 we evolved to a production group. So now official biz is not is not just the band. It's the it's, it's a production group where we call ourselves a visual biz music. That's what's up. Yeah. So you stem from a long line of funk keyboardists who have been on this show, uh, Bunny Heart. So wow. just to give you an example of the company that you're in, I didn't have the privilege of meeting the late, great Bernie Worrell, but uh-huh. your story reminds me of him for this reason. When he first oh. played with Funkadelic in the late 60s, early 70s, and he you know, George Clinton plucked him out of wherever he plucked him from. He, Eddie Hazel, and uh, Billy Bass Nelson, and they uh, created this thing called Funkadelic. And then I remember a story where Bernie Worrell, or Bernard Worrell at that time, uh, was playing this crazy view, but he was a classical, he was classically trained. I mean, Bernie Worrell was no joke. He was the master even back then, but he- Oh my gosh, yeah. He had his music teacher attend one of his concerts with Funkadelic, and he just recalls and reflects back that his teacher was really proud of him. He was like, man, I hear the things that we taught in what you were playing. Now, that's crazy because you know how experimental Funkadelic was. Yeah. So I'm just wondering what else shaped your playing? Because, okay, so again, <laughs> <laughs> on this show, we had the great David Lee Spradley. Now, uh-huh. that name rings a bell, ladies and gentlemen. David Lee Spradley is the author of uh-huh. the classic funk jam called Atomic Dog. And so he broke down his process for writing that song and what it did for him as a keyboard player, also coming from a classically trained background. So you think about some of your keyboard influences. Mm -hmm. I threw some names at you uh, before, but who comes to mind when you think about uh, the artists, the, the, the players, whether they are out front leading a band or playing in studio sessions, who are some of the influences that you would say had the most influence on the way that you play? Oh, it, it would be like such a big variety. I mean, um, I would say uh, while I was coming up, every, every time I heard any kind of jazz piano, I would just be, it would evoke this emotion. Because you know, classical uh, playing or classical uh, style is very precise. Absolutely. You have to you have to write. I mean, you have to play what is written on the notes, and if you veer from it, it's called a false note. Mm. It's just basically in the way you interpret or hit the note or 
possibly make it like a little bit more legato or staccato, but it's still the note has to the notes have to be correct. Uh, and so that made it really that makes it rigid for you if you ever have to transition into um, R&B or gospel or even yeah. funk. You have to not think in those terms. So I guess what I was saying is that if, you know, when my finger would hit like a wrong note, but then it creates this jazzy <laughs> chord, <laughs> I just like, you know, I love that. But then, you know, then you get the ruler hit on your hand from uh -huh. the teacher at a young age. So, so it's like, that's wrong. So it just like really was um, forbidden mm. for you to, to create different things um, apart from what's written in the score. Mm. And so um, when it finally came to, when I, I felt a little freer to expand and I was listening to people like Bob James. Uh, and uh, Love Bob James. Oh my gosh, you know. And uh, also, uh, rest in peace, uh, Joe Sample. Oh so, yes. So, uh, you know, from the Crusaders, um, yes. Carmel. Those, I just had those on repeat in my headphones, like all mm. through, all through college, all through, you know, um, my past years. And to this day, I'm just like a jazz head when piano, when I, I love Alex mm. Bouillon, uh, Jeff Lorber, just oh, yeah. super dope, like choices. Mm -hmm. um, and, the, and the most contemporary one now that I really um, admire is Robert Glasper. Absolutely. You know, um, there's just nobody that can compare. I just like bow down. I just can't. And, um, but I have to also give props to the people that I really do work for there that I think um, super dope that I, uh, that in, the, in and of themselves that uh, in their own right have, you know, done some major things like Kenneth Crouch. Um, Kenneth Crouch mm. is the uh, nephew of Andre Crouch. Okay. And so he's, uh, he's a, he's a wonderful jazz pianist and gospel pianist and also uh, has helped me. He's a friend of mine and uh, he's also written for Mariah Carey and, you know, he's like written for all these major stars, you name it, like DJ Quick, uh, mm. he's everywhere, Brandy. Um, mm. So they call on him a lot to like write for them. Um, Layla Hathaway has worked with uh, Rochelle Farrell. Mm. So I, I'm lucky enough to know him and I pick his brain every time. And then so every once in a while, I'll, I'll tell him, you know, after he showed me some stuff, I'll call him up and I say, I broke the code. I know what you mean now. <laughs> ah. And so I, you know, that I really appreciate him. He's a great pianist and I think he's working on, uh, on a project too. Also, Doc's Pank, Rodney Thomas. Um, uh -huh. He is, uh, he, he was uh, one of the producers that produced our album, uh, Official Biz, present, uh, Official Biz Independence last year. Mm -hmm. okay. And he, he is a Grammy nominated artist. He, he produced for Charlie Wilson and uh, um, yes. yeah, and he's written and he's, uh, you know, worked with uh, LL Cool J and so many other people. Funkadelic, too, you mentioned Funkadelic, some of the Funkadelic people. Mm -hmm. um, Miles Davis. So I mm -hmm. had the benefit of working with him in Official Biz as a band member when we would go out and gig and, and he taught me a lot. So I have to give him some props. So, so those are my influences. Absolutely. You've had some great people pouring into you. This is KCWTheTruth.com. Yes. The name of this program is Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome. And we're chatting for this one with the amazing Bunny Hearts, keyboardist, singer, songwriter, and member of Official Biz Music.
So, uh, wow, you, that's a pretty vast little resume. And yeah, with, with influences like that, you really cannot go wrong. So when you're playing, and uh, we are going to talk about some of your, your, your latest projects right now, because there, there's so many things I want to talk to you about. But how do you fit that into a, a band format? Because I'm, I'm guessing that when you compare playing in the studio, as you have, and playing live, which we're gonna talk about as we go along. Um, how, in what ways do you have to adjust your playing given all the, the musical influences that you have? Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Sure, which, which is very relevant, you know, when you ask that question because I'm also a studio musician for right. myself and my uh, music group. And so we do record in studio and it's, it's a lot different. You know, there's a definite, um, a little bit more comfort in this, uh, you know, the comfort of your studio where you can always, oh, scratch that, you know, or mm -hmm. uh, not that I don't want it here, or um, hey, I want to recreate a, I don't have a guitar player, I, I, let me let me pull up my uh, my my patch from Contact Five Native Instrument. They they have this patch called Evolution Jazz Guitar. And so, uh, so I'm playing the keys, but it's playing guitar. But it has a really like the technology is so great right now that it actually emulates the guitar so beautifully, like the strumming of a guitar player. And mm. it won't allow you to hit notes on the keyboard that the guitar player wouldn't be able to because it's a different, uh, you know, placement of the finger on the on the frets as opposed yeah. to in the keyboard. So it translates. So there's that. You know, we use technology to try to emulate uh, instruments. Um, mm. But live is a totally different animal. I, I really miss it, you know, with this whole COVID yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, it's, it's such a rush. And every single time I get, I still get goosebumps just sitting there and just watching people's faces and, and, and if you're hitting a note, because it, it, you know, music, live music evokes a lot of great emotions, happiness mm. for people. And when I see that, I still to this day get goosebumps. So. Well, it's kind of nerdy, but yeah. Well, it, it's real though. So yeah. I'm guessing, Bunny Hearts, that people get goosebumps watching you play with your band. Oh, and yeah. I just happened I to so. be privileged enough to see a jam session with the Rugged and yourself when you yeah. played with the other uh, basis of the revolution, Brown Mark. Now, you weren't on camera oh, for gosh. that one, but I heard it and I heard the entire clip and it was oh, absolutely goodness. amazing. So, from your vantage point, Bunny Hearts, yeah. Uh, in what ways could you enjoy, or excuse me, explain what, what it was like for you to play with your musical heroes? He was one of your heroes. We've been talking about several, but you've yes. had a chance to work with him extensively now. What in the world is that like for Bunny Hearts to be able to play and jam with some of her musical heroes? It is like, I still to this day, I'm just like, is this real? Are we, is this real life? Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, I, I ask the rugged sometimes, is this for real? Are we really, are we really like jamming with like Brown Mark, the Brown Mark from Prince in the revolution? And so, mm -hmm. and so super like just, uh, you know, anticipating and nervous, like while you're sitting there in front of the camera and like four, three, two, and you're like, ah, and then you just go. And I'm, I'm playing and then you just, just try your best and not think about it. And so it was just like, it was just pure adrenaline. And, 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 and it sounded so good, you know, uh, they couldn't sync up the, um, you know, the video, but um, 
it just sounded so good. You just like fueled by all that. And then, um, yeah, I'm just really honored and grateful to be even considered to be in the company to say that like, you know, I've written for Brown Mark or Brown Mark's written for me or we collaborate together. It's just wow. like uh, a total honor. I'm like not even, you know, like I couldn't have imagined it to this day. Like if you told me in high school that I was gonna be working with that guy right there, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, right next to prison, I would've been like, oh, come on, get out of here. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, you you must have thought it into existence. I have a friend that's uh, been on the show, uh, DJ Rashida. Um, she was a DJ for Prince. And before that happened, she was telling her friends, is like, look, I'm gonna be his DJ. And yes. she just, spoke it into existence. And in hindsight, her friends said to her playfully, well, you must have known something. And she <laughs> said, well, really, I didn't. I, I, I mean, I just spoke it into existence and, and it happened for her. So sometimes That's powerful. It can, yeah, it's very powerful and yeah. you have to see it to believe it. And so I, I just want to know from that experience, I mean, that, that, that was a rush. And, you know, for those that are privy enough to see it. I mean, I, I think you should take that in because y'all sounded really amazing. I mean, it sounded oh, like man. y'all had been playing together for years. And Thank given you. that you were so many miles apart, uh, yeah. y'all was on point. I mean, the, the, the timing was sharp and crisp. It was just absolutely amazing. Oh, Brown Mark was like, um, he is an amazing, you know, uh, musical director. Cause you know, he also puts together the music for the revolution when they go on tour. So, uh, so he's he's very very talented, very super uh, dope on on instruments and arranging and writing. And people don't know this about him. And I hope that uh, a lot more people will get to see that in the in the future. Well, you have. So I, I want to talk about another uh, uh, famous star of the, uh, the <laughs> camp that you're jamming with in just a second. We're going to talk about your music in just a sec as well, but. People don't know little tidbits like that, Bunny yeah. Hart, because you're, you're on, I mean, you, you see a side of him that the rest of us will never, ever experience. And we know him for doing one thing and one thing only, and that's playing that bass. But what yeah. you just said is very important. A lot of musicians play multiple instruments, like the rugged plays multiple instruments. And I'm mm-hmm. sure you probably dabble in other instruments besides just mm-hmm. keyboards. Well, so- I have to also give him, I, I, please forgive me, the rugged, but he plays mm-hmm. keys. And as far as funk keyboards, I probably um, absorbed over 50% of my keyboard skills from him because we work together so much. So I have to give him the props as well for keyboards. Well, look at that. The rugged, <laughs> his influence is imminent. So what did you pick up from Brown Mark's uh, other uh, instrument styles in terms of his uh, song structure and the way he puts the song together? And yeah. What did you pick up from him around that? Oh, a lot. And and just give you an example of like when, um, you know, when we're writing a song or looking at a song and, um, and, a, and we'll share some songs together and I'll give him something. And it's just like harder when we've discussed it before. He's like, you know what, Bunny? It's harder when you have a chord structure song. There's no melody or nothing. Uh, no, you don't have a concept. So now you are the person that wrote this, this structure. It's hard for you to come up with a melody because that's not how some people work. So for, try this, have a melody or a hook in your brain and then work backwards, 
you know. Mm. Uh, but and then once you have like okay, you know, because for me I'm a musician, so I'm playing with okay. I'm, I'm in a key of let's say E flat. Okay, E flat. I'm gonna go to you know E flat, and then I'm gonna go to the B minor seven, and I'm gonna go to let's say D minor seven. So that's my chord structure. So mm -hmm. the, then now I have a beat behind it. Now I have a song, right? So mm -hmm. now I have to come up with lyrics. It's hard. So he said, do it backwards. Um, have a melody. Sing it. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, you got it. So like that's very catchy, right? So now write the music around it. And so when I did that, that mm -hmm. uh, strategy, it sure was easier for me. So I mean, like, just things like that, that I never thought of before strategy like for somebody like him who written he's written a lot of songs you know he's written for chico de barge people probably doesn't don't That's even know. right um, yeah yeah and um some other people but um mm -hmm. and uh so he's a really great songwriter and i pick his brain all the time and he gives me pointers he gives us pointers on uh on the on studio and like here here's how to raise the volume or whatever so yeah mm -hmm. he's definitely like very very adept in the studio. Wow. Yeah. That's fabulous. That's fabulous. Well, um, there's something about the, uh, the basic and I, I don't know what it is that, um, I'm a Virgo. I mean, that may have something to do with the way <laughs> I think my wife is a Virgo. That may have something to do with the way she thinks Virgos yeah. are sometimes known for overthinking things. And I'm ah. wondering what degree musicians experience that when they, try to create something and it's it's not a natural smooth progression into it you know what i mean i mean it sounds like yeah. what brown mark gave you was sort of simplifying the approach to songwriting thinking that it doesn't have to be that complex because you you're trained i mean you know chords you know progressions you know key signatures you can mm -hmm. sight read and so it's easy to understand how somebody who has such a deep theoretical background would want to naturally bring that sophistication into songwriting because we have experience through the people you mentioned on this one, Joe Sample, uh, Chip yes. Corea, Herbie Hancock. I mean, we experience masters, yes. George Duke. And so oh my gosh, yes. we're never gonna just come out the gate playing like that. And so being able to come up with a melody, like you just sang a nice little cute little melody mm -hmm. and he taught you to just do that and put mm -hmm. the chords around that. And, yeah, it's just another strategy when you when you're having a block, you know. Sometimes you just have a block mm. and uh, switch it up. That would explain a lot to me in terms of why we only get one album from great artists like Lauren Hill, or it takes so many years. Oh to yeah, get material from a D'Angelo, because maybe I, I mean I don't know. I'm not in their heads, and I'm certainly not the caliber musician that they are. But yeah, it, it's. I wonder what gets in the way and what blocks the flow of creativity. Is it because it's you're afraid of your past successes? You're intimidated that what you're coming up with now in the moment is not yeah. good enough? I think it's multifactorial. You, 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 you touched on all of that. I think, you know, people, mm. uh, it's it, the, the success that uh, they've reached is so phenomenal that right. they the things that they do it, it's just not you know they they don't feel will measure up probably you know i think that's part of it yeah. and part of it is like yeah the process the process is hard writing songs yeah sometimes the songs come 
like flawlessly. Like the other day when I wrote like, you know, one of my songs, um, somebody listened for this album that's uh, out. Um, mm. It came out flawlessly because I was feeling it. You know, I was, mm. I was really emotionally invested in that emotion that so please somebody listen you know like right. our, 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 can't you see that we're just brothers trying to shield our little brothers from the monsters can't you see mm. that we're just you know mothers pleading for our sons and daughters and so when mm. i wrote it and sang it i did it in one night you know but then you have this one other song that's just sitting in my hard drive just i just cannot do anything to it it's beautiful mm. more progression but Right. You know, it just it just really depends on um, musicians are, are you know a breed. You just gotta wait till it comes. Yo yo, what's up, everybody? This is your man Eric Rico, and you're currently in tune to Psychotic Bump School with your host DJ Rome on KCWG TheTruth.com, the best internet radio station on the planet.
This is KCWG, the truth.com. Program's called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome, and uh, we're chatting with the amazing Bunny Hart. She's breaking down the process and the approach to, to just songwriting. And uh, she has an amazing project that is on its way out. And uh, she's played with some of the best that we've ever spoken about on this show, for sure, from uh, the purple... Uh, you know, conglomerate, oh, let me get the word out, with Brown Mark. And um, you had the privilege, I'm told, to work with another stellar, stellar musician. Uh, <laughs> what can you tell us about how you came in contact with the legendary guitarist, Jesse Johnson, and how you became his touring keyboard player, Miss Bunny Hearts? Oh my gosh, that just doesn't even sound right when you just said that to me. <laughs> I'm talking about you. Talking about is, it, you. is this real life? No. Yes, it's real. Uh, <laughs> yes, we yeah, are. yeah. Well, oh, I met <laughs> I, I met Jesse, the uh, Mr. Johnson, like in 2013, I believe, um, and uh, we were performing. Official Biz was performing at this really great venue called uh, Rapport in Rancho Cucamonga, and he was one of the guests. Um, performers that came through and um, I was so silly and ignorant you know I wasn't even drunk or anything because I really don't <laughs> do that but um, they they uh, the rugged said come here bunny come here I said yeah hey here this is Jesse Jesse meet bunny I said hey Jesse nice to meet you okay so <laughs> and the rug is like wait this is Jesse Johnson. And I looked and I said, oh my God. And so the freak, wow. the freak out started. And so mm -hmm. that's when I first met him. And then fast forward, uh, he needed a keyboard player um, for his tour in Japan. I think somebody backed out. And so mm -hmm. um, the rugged, uh, you know, he, he reached out to the rugged and he said, yeah, Bunny can do it. So long story short, I went to Japan. We did a whole, um, you know, show in Osaka and um two shows in osaka and two shows in um tokyo and wow. it was amazing amazing i want to know how i mean i know of a japanese band called osaka monorail that's pretty popular over there and they love them some osaka monorail over there they're a straight up japanese funk band but they oh, don't yeah. they play american funk. they play james brown type funk so oh, wow. how would you describe the reception you received once you were over in osaka with Jesse Johnson's band. Oh my goodness! Uh, the people are warm. Uh, they're very uh, fanatic over Jesse. Uh, of oh. course, you know mm -hmm. uh, they showed up with vinyl, <laughs> holding oh. it up. Right. You had you had women all of different ages. I mean, from young to older, just wanting to touch you know, touch him, like right there in the front, and just like. How it was back in the day still, you know, and um, I was at the, you know, at the kind of like the way my keyboard was situated and, and when Jesse was coming out, I was kind of worried because they bum rushed him. And luckily we had um, our, one of the crew like kind of paid the way. So it's still, people go crazy over uh, Jesse, uh, especially in Japan. They love, they love that music and they were singing it, you know, like it was yesterday. Like songs like, you know, I want my girl. Uh, you know, be my man. They knew all the words to it. It was amazing. Wow. Because I, I've seen him three times. I told the rugged this last week. I've seen him a few times. And um, one time I saw him was uh, the Hollywood Palace. I think I forgot to mention that before. I saw him at the Hollywood Palace and he had a full lineup. But in recent years, 
he's sort of pared down to just this serious power trio where it was just himself, a bass player, and a drummer. Now, adding you on keys, uh, how much room did you have to play those keyboard parts? How much freedom did you have to take a solo if you ever needed to? Uh, how would you describe the, the range of your musicality that you experienced while you were playing keyboards with him? Um, I, you know what? People will really trip out that Jesse Johnson is such a gentleman and so nice and sweet. Like at rehearsal, it's like, here, buddy, like, can you, okay, I hear that, what you're doing there. Can you do like a harmony on that so that it's not like an octave? And so it's like, you mean like this? He's like, oh yeah. So he knows exactly what he wants. And so I, I, I may be doing like a super funky like clap or whatever. It's like, okay, that's too busy. Take that out. All right, now I want you to do a solo here, you know, on the bridge, a piano solo. That's a, you know, so he's very specific in what he wants. Don't want you to play here, don't, you know. So he's an artist. He knows his, you know, his, his junk. He knows his stuff. Right. And he knows exactly how he wants it played. And I delivered. And, and then after the show in Saifan, Japan, Japan, in Tokyo, I, it was so nice. He was like, you killed it, girl. And I said, oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> and he was just, like, super That's... nice the whole time. And, you know, like, I was the only girl in the band. You know, I was, like, very apprehensive. And everybody mm. was, like, just so, so nice and made me comfortable. And it, it was just a great experience. I just, like, feel like they're going to be my big bros for life. Wow. Jesse Johnson told you. I remember um, I met uh, Rafael Sadiq one night at uh, Club Zanzibar when Zanzibar was in Santa Monica down there uh, by, by the beach in Southern California. I'm in Northern California now. And oh, okay. uh, I did my set and he just happened to be there. And uh, he was near the front door, just chopping it up, you know, real uh -huh. cat. And uh, I said, hey, what's up, man? He shook his hand, shook my hand. He said, hey, man, you was up there jamming. I'm like, whoa, thanks, Sadiq. Well <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't know I was all that. But yeah, I, I took that in and wow, what a stellar moment. Nice. I mean, you're in rarefied air because I'm trying to think of all the, the keyboardists that have come through uh, the Paisley world, the keyboardists that have played with him. Uh, uh -huh. A couple that come to mind are is the great St. Paul, Paul Peterson, oh, yeah. uh, Lisa Coleman, obviously. Uh, yes. Mark Cadenas might be another one. Uh, you yeah. are in rarefied air as a woman who could really get down on those keyboards. So. Props oh to goodness. you. Thank Props you. to you. You are doing <laughs> something right. And, uh, <laughs> something. <laughs> yeah, you're doing something right. And uh, on that continuum, you have some amazing music that you're putting out right now. Yes. Uh, what can you tell us about this latest amazing project that you're going to be dropping upon the world in a very short order? Oh, yeah. I think by the time this airs, it'll be out and um, available. Um, it's called um, Official Biz Presents Bunny Hearts. So we decided not to call it like a, a song title like everyone else. And we just wanted to really introduce us to the world. And so it's Official Biz Presents Funny Hearts. And it's a seven song compilation. And it has two instrumental uh, jazz type songs that I'm really proud of. Called, one is called Two-Face. And it's called Two-Face because, I, you know, as you know, I'm a classical pianist. I had to insert my classical um you know licks in there and it, it's like uh and then it it just flips over into this super funk <laughs> mm. you know since solo so it's like it, it flips back and forth so it's like a psycho girlfriend that goes back and forth so we called it two-faced 
Um, <laughs> and then uh, the other instrumental is called Streets of Osaka. So uh, when I was putting it together, um, it really reminded me of Osaka when I was walking through the streets of Osaka where uh, it's super funky, the vibe. People love American music. Mm. Funk, funk, and street. It's just... Uh, but it's also beautiful and clean, and everybody was just uh, courteous. It's just a beautiful city. Um, and then five vocal songs on there. Um, mm -hmm. One is called Drinks on Me. Uh, Drinks on Me is like a, a stepping song. So I'm going to do a, uh, you know, by this time, probably, I don't know when it's going to air, we're going to do a, um, a promotion where we're going to do a uh, contest for whoever can come up with the best step to the song and we're gonna give a cash prize to the winner and we're gonna feature all the participants in the video stepping to the song drinks on me oh yeah and if nice. you heard it it's very very like um you know that r kelly step five with a little Absolutely. modern twist yeah and yeah. then uh the song called baby oh damn has also reminiscent of teddy riley and uh, Jimmy Dan and Terry Lewis, where there's a lot of Stravinsky hits, you know, so uh, mm. some people say, oh, this feels like 90s. Yeah, we, by design, we wanted, but we gave it um, some modern drums, you know, some uh, in the mm. background. So we're trying to insert old, the old music in there because we feel that it's important nowadays. I mean, not to knock anything, but like, we, it feels good, but then we want to make it also modern and uh, mm. A couple of other songs, and that I think that um, it touches upon a lot of stuff that, uh, and then somebody listened, like I told you, somebody listened is about it's a social consciousness song about yeah. how it's uh, inequality, and it's just can somebody please listen and um, and then elevation is one that we uh, we put together, like I said, with my um, co bandmate um, who's also a great producer, Grammy nominated. Um, Doc Spanks, Elevation. Mm. That was a, a, a song that really um, got a lot of attention, even from industry people who wanted to take it. And so um, wow. I, it's, it's a, a really good song and I wanted to include it. Uh, so. Wow, beautiful. I'm excited for you. Um, this project is, is you know, we, we're on Monday evening program. So uh, I, I'm thinking we're, we're going to be right on time when this one hits uh, oh, yeah. concurrence with uh, the, the release of your project. Um, Baby O'Dam yes. and uh, all the players that you've been playing with all these years, Official Biz. Uh, yeah. This is going to be an amazing listening experience for those that pick it up. Um, yeah, How so. can people get this project? How can yes. they find you? Keep in touch. What are the particulars, Miss Bunny Hearts? Yes, yeah, so um, you can get it from bunnyhearts.hearnow.com. So that's uh, bunnyhearts.hearnow.com. So mm -hmm. um, that is like a link to um, several links. Like, for example, if you have Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, it just goes straight to my page and it gives you a straight links on whichever player you have and you can stream, download the song. And if that's too difficult to remember, just go to my Facebook or Instagram, which is Bunny Hearts Music. That's the uh, um, username for all that. Oh. Uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, it's 
uh, all Bunny Hearts music. Absolutely. Sounds like you're walking into the studio right now. <laughs> but uh, well, that's great. We'll, we'll be sure to put that up. And uh, before we let you go, just some tips for growth for all the young uh, keyboardists out there who want to become uh, really seasoned with their instrument. And oh, yeah. Craft and uh, tips for growth for young ladies that want to get into this business, knowing that men tend to dominate this area that you're in and doing well oh, yeah. in kicking the yeah. men's butts. As a matter yes. of fact, thank you very much. Um, tips for growth. What can you tell the uh, the young musicians on the rise who are listening to you right now? Oh, well, you know, several, several tips. Uh, the number one thing that I would say is you do you. If uh, I used to be guilty of this. I try to compare myself to awesome people that I probably wouldn't measure up to because they have a different background, you know? Mm. Um, you know, you have different musicians who are just like pick up or, you know, like they'll play a certain style that groove or that, that, uh, you know, R&B or that gospel, you know, well, that's not you. You're a classical pianist, like do you, until you can get to that point, uh, uh, you know, um, capitalize on your strengths and be who you are and surround yourself with people who are awesome at what you want to do. And so I did, I surrounded myself with super dope musicians and I absorbed either through osmosis or just bugging the heck out of them to like, hey, how do you do this? How did you do that? And then the last thing is there's no shortcut. You have to practice, practice, practice. Um, so that's just basically, I think the, the main things. Absolutely, that, that's some great stuff. Uh, we had a keyboardist here out of Detroit, producer, multi-instrumentalist instrumentalist that is piranha head uh he plays with p-funk a lot over in detroit oh. he's got a new track out with uh the french singing duo les nubian right now oh wow the same thing he, he picked wow. the brains of musicians he picked bernie worrell's brain and yeah. asking him some really challenging questions about uh some theory and chord progression and he said bernie told him hey bruh you might want to go into school for that and <laughs> meaning uh, exactly what you just said. There, there are no shortcuts and people yeah. can tell you uh, what they do, but if you want to grow through this, you're going to have to apply yourself and like you said, do you and be unapologetic about it. Be unapologetically you. This is exactly. my sound. This is what I can do today. And no, I'm not going to just come out the shoot just playing like Patrice Russian or Alicia Keys or Herbie yeah. Hancock. I'm just not going to yeah. do that. I'm not going to be Stevie Wonder the first time I do this, but the sound I make today is the best that I can produce today. Do that. Until be you can get to the point where you are them and, exactly. and you wake up and you're like, wow, I, you know, uh, there are certain things that I can do that even my peers can't do. Now. There, there you go. That's the <laughs> So Bunny Hearts, nobody can do it like you. Once again, give us your contacts, where we can find this album and keep in touch with you one more time. Okay, Bunny Hearts Music on all the uh, social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and the link for, this, for the new album, which is Official Biz Presents Bunny Hearts, is bunnyhearts.hearnow.com.